But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, this, is, this is the craziest flying machine I've seen in a while. Uh, this is uh, the... Uh, it's... Uh, I mean, we've seen sort of flying suits off and on over the years. I mean, you know, a la James Bond, and and I'm not that sure it's a flying suit, but you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, these sort of very personal flying devices, right? You know, like yeah, like the military experimental uh, yeah, the thing that, jetpacks that right, you jet talked packs, about right. that James Bond used. Yeah, and, and then there was the thing that was a big had a, a lot of pre-publicity at Oshkosh about ten years ago that totally fizzled. What was that called? The the they had like two fan jets next to this platform. It was it was called a jet pack or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it had it had ducted fans instead ducted, of yeah, right. uh, instead of turbine like. Uh, yeah. engine. and actually, it may not have been jets. Now that I stop and think about it, it may be some sort of piston engine. I don't recall exactly. It, it, oh, it was yeah, pulling, it was, it pulling big horsepower to drive those two ducted right, fans right. that gave it the uh, the thrust that let it fly, uh, and. The big, I still remember being sent over to shoot that. And 15 minutes before the flight, you couldn't get within 150 yeah. feet of the guy. I remember I was there that day too. And yeah, there was a huge crowd. And then they couldn't get it to run or something went wrong. And it was, and I don't think they expected such a big crowd. I mean, they, I think they were a little <laughs> bit taken aback by how many people came to see that thing out on, on the West Ring. Right. And now you're going to do a public demo of this at a little place like Oshkosh. Oh my God, look, where did these people come from? Why are they here? And then it didn't, it certainly, I don't think it flew. It, I don't even, did it even run that day? I, I remember there was yeah. some sort of disappointment. There was some sort there, of disappointment. And, on, on, on a second day, yeah. it, it actually got off the tarmac over on the uh, north side of the west ramp. Right. Uh, and, and sort something of or other square. Yeah, right, yeah. So. Yeah, it, it wasn't going to take off and fly because it couldn't fly over all, those, all, the, all that congested area. Right, yeah. But now here's the latest greatest on this, and this one may just have reached a new high of some sort, <laughs> although it doesn't get very high off the ground. Easy for you to yeah. say. But uh, um, this is a we're looking at a, a YouTube video. Britain's Iron Man breaks his own jet suit speed record. I don't know what that means exactly. Um, so this guy has created a sort of system, I guess you'd call it, it's, um, where he literally has strapped a pair of small jet engines to each arm. Um, and, and is there also a, uh, two, two on the back and two, two in the on back. Each hand. Yeah. Two on the back and two on each hand. Um, and he literally, a la Iron Man, if you're familiar with the character Iron Man, Iron Man from the Marvel universe, um, the, these jets literally lift him off the ground. And, uh, and, and in this case, he only flies a few feet. He never gets even more than his own height off the ground, which I think is wise. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I never really lusted after the idea of high temperature flame burning inches from my butt. Tell me about it. Tell ne me about never, it. Never go any higher than you're willing to fall. Yeah. That, that too. Yeah. And think, think about this. You know, the, the engine strapped to his wrist, and yeah. it's a very clever setup. But being able to keep flying this depends very much on your upper arm and shoulder strength. Yes. Yeah. I would think it does. Yeah, because it's and, carrying all that weight. Yeah. 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 So I'm watching the yeah. part of the video where he's just kind of going down along this, this grassy area. And then uh, comes back and talks to us. Uh, and he's he's wearing all kinds of protective equipment, or, or it looks like protective equipment. But uh, uh, duh. Uh, but you know, one of the things I was talking with someone about this on I don't know it was in person or on social media or something like that. And you know, he was saying, "Well, Iron Man, you know, it's just like Iron Man." And I said, "I said, if you know anything about Iron Man, you know that Iron Man comes crashing to the ground on a pretty regular basis. All right, right. Um, even Iron Man comes smashing." to the ground right. and because he's in the suit it doesn't kill him so how, how did how did you solve the icing problem <laughs> yeah exactly there you they go did there you go they ding didn't. ding 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 there's a little trivia they, reference they didn't he got so high one time everything flamed out and he came falling yeah. back to earth but more to the point there was a bad guy who had a fake iron man suit who uh who hadn't surely haven't solved it anyways so uh, <laughs> our our buddy uh, will hawkins was one of the first people to ever call my attention to this and his question was the obligatory would dave fly this and so i guess in a word nah <laughs> not was one of your colorful phrases not in a uh something's something um yeah so anyways well for one thing i i 
knowing my physical conditioning, I'm not sure I could get 60 seconds uh, holding my body aloft by my shoulders while jets on my wrist and butt, you know, carried part of the wave. I'm not Uh, sure if I could put all this gear on and not be, you know, falling to my knees with all the, all the weight. I mean, this has got to weigh a couple pounds. All right. And yeah. I've got not even not even with Dave's health insurance would I fly this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome, folks, to uh, Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you from beautiful, if a little bit rainy today, uh, or high atop beautiful, if a little rainy, lookout point in Nottingham, New Hampshire. I'm chatting this afternoon with my uh, two good friends uh, out there in the world. Let's see now. Who goes first today? Hmm. I can never. Now I'm really self-conscious. Just pick one. I'm self-conscious. Flip a coin. This. Yeah, okay. Dave Higdon's out there coming from somewhere. It's where you're coming from. The air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas. Hi, David. What's going on? Uh summertime baby yeah. and the living the living ain't easy I know. Uh, we, we have to that, yeah we're just uh you know doing the usual things here getting uh getting work out the door in, in preparation for that great conclave of aviators in wisconsin uh, I, know. Uh, I think we all are doing that but uh, david a little bit of a shout out to you i just want to acknowledge to all of our listeners the sacrifices that you make to do this podcast uh we made david turn off his fan uh, in his office there because <laughs> it was making noise yeah. and uh, so dave's in his in his un i don't know if you've got air conditioning but uh, un fan recirculated office there so uh, oh yeah the ac's still running back there yeah. it just uh takes it a little longer to get the room back okay. up to or back down to temp all right the, sa- the sacrifices we make i know yeah huh? for man, our oh, art man. man oh man and also my other good friend uh, coming from somewhere near sarasota florida jeb burnside hi jeb what's going on with you nothing much uh, you know fully fully developed into summer um no uh, project staring me in the face mm-hmm. and uh just kind of enjoying life yeah 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 it's uh where was I recently? I was, I was thinking about Florida, but I wasn't in Florida. Well, I was in Canada. I just got back from Canada. I was in uh, yeah. just north of Toronto. I was basically in Toronto, Canada. Um, you know, and it, you know, it's funny. Every time I go to Canada, it's tempting we U.S. folks to think every time you're going to Canada, you're going to the Great White North. You know, you're going like to the Yukon, you know, or the Arctic Circle. The reality is that Toronto, Canada, is basically the same latitude north as where I live here in New Ham- Southern New Hampshire. It's just you know n- not even an hour north of here. And, uh, and the accents aren't that different either. They're not at all. No. There's, well, and, and and the TO is on the upwind side of Lake Ontario, which spares it from the precipitation that comes when cold goes across warm water yes. and dumps it all on Buffalo. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we were t- I was talking, I was chatting with some folks about that. The fact that, ironically, Buffalo, which is this, to the south by a little bit, not very much, but by a little bit, gets worse weather, particularly in the winter, than Toronto does, which is sort of to the north because of that lake effect thing. Anyways, um, I was there and uh, it was pretty hot. That's why I guess maybe what I was thinking about Florida and I was chatting with other people about Florida and we were, I think it was some people from Florida at this conference. And so we were just talking about life in Florida in the summertime. And, uh, and uh, so anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the place to be in January and February. There's just for very, very many reasons it's, it's the place to be. <laughs> um, but uh it's yeah, I'm good for you, Jeb. Good for you. Yeah, it gets hot. That's you know, you, you, that's why God invented air conditioning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a uh, there's a story floating around here today. The last couple of days that um, I I want to talk about a little bit here. Um, uh oh. This is just. Let's see if I've got this in the right order. Yeah, this is the first thing on the list. Um, so we uh, uh, the story in the news just the last couple of days about an Air Canada um, Airbus 320 that was landing at SFO, San Francisco. And s- this is just prior to midnight. So this is you know, sort of not the middle of the night, but well into the dark time of the day, um, was, uh, was uh, attempting to land at SFO and had been assigned uh, three, whatever that runway is, the right-hand runway, um, I don't have the story in front of me. Two eight right. Two eight right. Thank you. Um, and instead of lining up on two eight right, has managed to line up on the taxiway um, for two eight right, uh, which contained, um, I'm sure, among other things, four big jetliners waiting for takeoff. Um, and it's become a big, big deal um, in the news, anyways. Um, 
that uh, um, ATC finally tumbled to what was going on here and told them to go around, and they did, and and then after going around, landed on the proper runway uneventfully, and and the news is the news is making a big deal about this being averting the the worst accident in the history of aviation, and and I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this, but first let me weigh in here, and and that is to say that. I think that although this was certainly a, a dumb mistake that, that got this thing rolling, all right, I think the rest of it is being blown way out of proportion. Um, I just think that there's virtually no chance that this, that this uh, Air Canada aircraft was going to take this landing all the way to the threshold. Um, I think that you know, if you if you this is, and and by the way, I will I will say that this is based on the news reports I've heard. All right, and my sense of that airport and and my admittedly less experience of flying. All right, but uh, you know, first of all, the, it was the Air Canada pilots themselves who first noticed something was wrong all right it's not like they were clueless and not paying attention all right they were the first ones to see they noticed that that they they that there was something wrong with the runway they were aiming at and they asked about it they spoke up all right um and unfortunately they they got uh, the wrong answer all right but they got an answer that's sort of understandable and i don't blame anybody for it so they were the first one to notice it all right so they had to have been thinking about it all right they had to have been thinking about it and i just cannot imagine that they weren't going to eventually understand what was going on and initiate the go around by themselves all right but even if they hadn't done that you've got four airliners lined up on this taxiway eight pilots looking straight up final all right and seeing what's developing, all right? And there's also not a chance in the world that at least one of them isn't going to notice what's happening and get on the radio and start screaming, all right? Say, you know, and this airplane was going to get waved off. This was not going to, I just can't even imagine that this was going to find its way to a crash, um, you know? I mean, I credit ATC. So ATC is being kind of portrayed as something of a, the heroes here. They noticed what happened, they figured it out, and they told them to go around. And that's true, and ATC did their job, and that was good, all right? But I think this was going to get solved one way or the other. And the Air Canada pilots probably deserve some consequences, but I don't. I think this is blown well, out of proportion. And by the way, I understand that mainstream media is blowing this out of proportion because that's what they do, all right? That's what they do. I'm a little disappointed that aviation media is playing along here as much as they are. Um, so that's my take well, on it. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, I, I don't know that I have... I don't know how I feel about how the aviation media is treating it, but maybe show me some additional examples I might feel strongly about. Um, what the the big unknown is where the three twenty was um, when it was told when it initiated the go around. Was it short final, like you know, two hundred feet off the deck? Was it? Uh, two miles out, you know, do we don't know that. We don't. So we don't know how much of, uh, or how close this got to being a, a, a quote problem, unquote. Um, it's not the first time and it's not the last time that someone's going to line up on the wrong piece of pavement. Yeah. Yeah. And, And on the plus side, a couple of things, first off, any bets on whether they had, you know, hadn't filed their uh, NASA ASRS report before they got out of the cockpit? <laughs> yeah. Okay. B and, and and B, at least they didn't land on a taxiway after overflying construction crews and seeing big X's there, like uh, other folks that we can yeah, think right. of that have landed yeah. on that, <laughs> and then taken off off a taxiway, yeah. so knowingly. Yeah. Uh, no, this is. A, this is a slow news day. Imagine, okay, folks, this the story says nothing happened here. The, the story is nothing happened here. The system worked like it right. should. Nothing happened here. Except the airline, the airline Air Canada wound up spending a few bucks more on fuel for that flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a slow news day. Some news outlet says this. I love this. They broke the story on Monday. Uh, yeah, they broke the story. Three days later, that is some kind of urgent story that takes three days <laughs> yeah. to percolate to the top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that just shows you how much happened here. And then editors or, I don't know, production consultants sit there and say, well, what would have happened if they hadn't gone around? Right. Oh, my what God. Would have hap- what would have happened if, if 
uh, Fred Noonan had been a better navigator. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, we we can't really do with counter counterfactuals like this or or hypotheticals like this. The part but, of this, yeah, you know, I, the other I, part. I, somebody on the flight deck of the A three twenty, I think, would have gotten close enough to say, "No, we're not landing here." That's what I think, Jeb. What were yeah, you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say basically the same thing, but. Um, um, now, now I've forgotten what I was going to say. That's okay. uh, Here's the part of it okay. that does puzzle me. Here's the part of it that I do find. And from the very first time I heard this report, this struck me. All right. This is at midnight. It's very dark. So they're relying on runway and taxiway lighting. All right. I don't know how they lined up on the wrong run. How do they even see the taxiway? How do you make that mistake in that kind of environment? I don't, I don't get that part either. It's supposedly a, a good VFR evening. Uh, and you got the, the runway, we got the approach lights for that runway. I mean, we can pull up a, an airport diagram for SFO and, and, and see where the lights are and see what they would look like. Uh, so if, I don't know, don't know if the rabbit was on, but it, it may have been. Um, the, the, the lights could have been turned down to a low intensity. Um, but it's to me, um, it's really hard to to not miss the difference between white and blue. Yeah. This is the part that's, that's yeah. a puzzle it, the heck it, out it, of me. Easier for me to uh, rationalize if it had been daytime. Oh, yeah. Part. If it's daytime, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, we know from you know, notorious lot examples of, and everyday examples that this happens. A lot of gray airplanes against a gray and black taxiway. Yeah. Now, and, you know, you know I, and I, I said something. Five miles out, you, you get it wrong. Yeah. yeah. I said something on Twitter, I think, to, to Jack and, and a listener. We were talking about this. Uh, and, you know, the only thing that makes sense to me is – the guy is going to line up for the right side. Okay, he, he he's got that part down, uh, and maybe the the approach lights on the left runway were out of service, or maybe there was no rabbit, or maybe they were turned down uh, very low, uh, and he never saw the lights on the left side, uh, that on two eight left, and he's focused on the lights on two eight right, so he's going to thinking there are the lights for two eight left. And so he lines up to the right of two eight right. If you follow, I can see that. Um, yeah, I maybe as a, maybe. as an explanation, but there's got to be some. There's got to be more to it than that. Yeah. Well, did you guys listen to the uh, to the tapes? I did not. I just read the transcripts. No, no. What What did you, you hear, know, David? Did you hear anything interesting there? Well, I got, what I heard was a, a system in the process of correcting what could have been an error, but exactly. wasn't because the system yeah. corrected it. Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, yeah. I think that too. Yeah. Yeah. So. I remember yeah. being asked about this once when, I don't know, 20 years ago when uh, TCAS was not yet fully functional that, uh, you know, in-flight encounters were a, a higher worry than they seem to be today. Yeah. Although I don't think there were a lot more of them happening, the ones that were happening were significant enough to get a lot of extra attention. And uh, getting on an airline flight, uh, and uh, so you're a pilot's carrying my flight bag and my flight jacket, and I was on my way to pick up the airplane. And oh, so you're a pilot. What do you think all these mid-air? Uh, what do you think all these near misses? Is it all the near misses? I think they're great. You think <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is absolutely a near miss means nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. missed. They missed. You know, it, that's what we want. That's what we want to have oh, happen. That's right. <laughs> Missing is what we're going for. Yeah. So uh, anyways, so that's this is the whole thing is, I mean, you know, th there was a goof up here. No question about it. But the, the, the system in its entirety certainly obviously solved it and i think there were many many more stages at which it still would have been solved um and yeah. uh, it's a competitive media market yeah i don't think it would have gotten near that attention here uh at least not with that tone and tenor mm -hmm. yeah so uh let's see now david you alluded to this we're uh, it's we're recording this on july 13th and so it's just i believe 10 or 11 days uh till the beginning of uh, air venture 2017 in oshkosh and uh, um we're headed that way and I, I just wanted to we've sort of alluded to various little things here and there through over the last few months about things we're looking forward to um at oshkosh this year but i, I just wanted to talk for a few minutes about specifically some of the things that you might be looking forward to um a, as we kind of really get closer 
Um, any any particular thoughts uh, you guys have? And and you're going to say, oh, I just enjoy be- seeing the people. Yes, I absolutely. Me too. And we're going to be in Camp Bacon. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, in well, a big I'll, way. I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, what are you uh, looking forward to? Yeah, two things uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, seeing 2B29s. That's, yeah, on my list for sure. Yeah, that's, that's and, and I think the other thing is uh, the Blue Angels are going to do the full routine. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, yes. That'll be, that'll be loud. It'll be fast. It'll be interesting. It, it won't be. It, <laughs> yeah. There are other aerobatic acts that are just as, as interesting. Oh, for sure. But it's a different kind of category. And, uh, it's a different category. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of finesse versus brute force. And I don't mean to suggest that the, the blue angels aren't, uh, finesse, mm-hmm type of pilots um but they got a big big ass jet that they're riding and then the the aircraft itself is more of a brute force solution than uh aircraft that other aerobatic pilots might fly yeah so uh, david what are you looking forward to anything you can think of uh well i'm looking forward to uh accomplishing some work projects I know. and see and, david uh, here i'll give david's disclaimer david's disclaimer i um, maybe i shouldn't speak for you david but i will uh david's disclaimer is that more than any of the other two of us david knows what's going to happen he's already tuned in dun, 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 dun. But, he's, but he's not allowed to talk or he chooses not to for competitive reasons and so uh, so yeah that's so as a result he says my dance card is full i'm going to be busy david tell us something come on a secret just one little <laughs> secret david one little secret well, okay, I can tell you now with absolute certainty that there will be uh, some new products announced this summer. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I agree with this. Yes, it's yeah, absolutely well, true. Maybe. Some of them will be su- surprises, and, and some of them will be, oh, yeah, I was expecting that, and some of them will be, yeah, we thought you guys were going to do that earlier. So, uh-huh. You know what? Someone might have said that in advance about the Paris Air Show, but apparently that was pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sure there will be some announcements. We already know there are going to be some announcements. Yeah. Even I've heard hints of some things that are going to happen. So that'll be cool. It, it, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a combination, big work trip, uh, big fun trip, uh, old home week, uh, celebrating being part of this community. I mean. Uh, yeah. I count that as among the uh, uh, luckiest points of my life is mm-hmm. to have worked my way into something that lets me be involved with this and and do this kind of stuff year in year out and and support myself doing it. Uh, that still blows me away. But seeing the gang, meeting some new folks, uh, meeting our podcast listeners, uh, maybe even if luck allows and timing works out, attend a couple of. Uh, uh, workshops that uh, I'll apply toward the project I've got in my uh, shop right now and uh, see you guys hang out, toss back a couple of barley pops and uh, watch a whole lot of flying. Barley yeah. pops. Okay. That might be the title right there. Barley pops. Barley pops. Barley pops. Um, I, let's see now, what is on my list here? So um, it, a couple of things that you guys mentioned already, Blue Angels were on my list. Uh, Doc and Fifi on the 2B29s are on my list for sure. I don't know whether EAA has done this as a result of the fact that Doc is going to put in its first first appearance, but I've been seeing um, announcements from EAA that there's going to be a, a, a bigger than average bomber, um, um, you know, uh, experience, if you will. There, um, apparently, they're going to have a whole bunch of B-25s there. Um, uh, also, perhaps though, I think is this a multiple year for anniversary of the Doolittle raid? I'm not sure if it is. Um, I, I, but I think I also read someplace that the sole um, living um, yeah, uh, Doolittle Raid crew member is going to uh, uh, visit. I think it's a 75th anniversary, isn't it? It might be something like that. Yeah. So there was uh, well, it was, it was April of 42. Uh huh. 42, 17. Okay, there you go. Um, so a lot of B25s, which on any any circumstances would be cool for me because I love B25s. I think they're very 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 good looking. Um, there's also apparently going to be what they've described as a strategic bombers formation flyby. Um, and I, I, it doesn't sound like they're going to get on the ground, but at some point during the week, there's going to be a formation flyby of a B-52, a B-1, and a B-2, uh, which huh. 
which will be a real cool moment. Um, I've actually seen this once before. I saw it at uh, at yeah. uh, Edwards one time way back when. It was like the I don't know. It must have been maybe it was the fiftieth anniversary of breaking the sound barrier or something like that. With a B two. Yeah, that's what this. That's what the announcement said. I'll look it up. Maybe I'm. No, I mean the one that you saw years ago had a B two in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and unfortunately, all I've got is frame, yeah. all I've got is still photos. It was way back when, um, and uh, it was the it was the. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a B2. B, okay, B52, a B2, and a B and a B1, um, and uh, so that's going to be cool. Looking forward to that. That all this bomber stuff. Um, I'm not the biggest Warbird fan in the world, but there are certain Warbird aircraft that I really admire, and yeah. and, and these are some of them. Um, so, there's usually a snoot full of B-25s at Oshkosh to begin with. That is true. It does. They do come out for that. Yeah, and uh, but I, I read that it might be a bigger than average number this time. Yeah, that would it be could cool. be. That could well be, cool. be. Apparently, scaled composites um, is gonna have a bigger than average appearance this year. Um, interestingly, this is the post Burt Rutan scaled composites. Um, and because because Bert's name is not mentioned in any of the announcements, but uh, Scaled is going to be there talking about a lot of their recent work and their future plans. Apparently, they're going to have a lot of planes on display um, and be participating in a whole bunch of forums throughout the week. And uh, and that would be very cool. Scaled Composites is always uh, it's interesting to see the yeah, things they're yeah. doing. Um, and uh, even without Bert, um, it, there's a lot of great people at Scaled. And to uh, see their stuff and hear them talk is uh, is uh, has a lot of potential. Looking forward to that. Um, what else? The funky two seater Boeing little aircraft. Remember we talked about this on a previous episode. The weird little uh, prop driven one uh, piston. You know what I'm talking about, right? We talked about this. Dave, are you Dave? Are you thinking what I'm thinking that maybe we never talked about this? No, I'm pretty sure we talked about it. Uh, Racking my memory. I'm, oh, I'm, no, now I you're gonna make can't. me look it up. Here, you're gonna make me look it up. Hang on. I, All right. I can't, can't recall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See now. Mm. All right. Sorry, mm. folks. I may or may not vaguely familiar. I may or may not. I don't. I just don't know. I. Oh, that Boeing. Oh, you jerk, you. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm talking about, right? What was it called? A Boeing B? No, it wasn't a B. It was a... It was a biplane. No, it wasn't a biplane. It was a weird, what? funky, tail-draggery kind of... Oh, wait. It was like a... Was it some, like, military thing? It mil- yes. Oh, yeah, it was military. It was like a, you know, observation it was, plane. Or, it, was an, or it, it, wasn't one, it wasn't inflatable, but it was, it was like, portable or something. Well, no, I, well, I don't know. I don't think it folded up or anything like that. Here, hang on. I'm about to find it here. Uh, uh, Sorry, we're going to have mis- to ask the Google. Mi- mystery. Yeah, yeah it, might, it might have Boeing to remain a mystery. Plane at Air Venture. Air Come on, you can do it. Yeah, because Google <laughs> Boeing at Air Venture is not going to return anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, that covers everything from a steerman on. Uh, third yeah. hit, third hit in Google. Google knows. Google's smart. It's the Boeing, uh, the, uh, here, hang on, i got to send you guys this link here. Get it out, son. Hang on, hang on, I'm just going to send you the link. Here we go. <laughs> Skype, and then this, and then paste, and then hit return. Jack, Jack Hodgson is typing. Yeah. I got a I got a picture. The uh, Boeing YL15. All right, it's uh, look at the picture. You're going to okay. remember the moment. I you click on the picture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Utility See. airplane. Right. It's a Ute. Yeah, it is a Ute. As a matter of fact, yeah, it is a Ute. As a matter of fact, so. Looking forward to that. To, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, see, okay, it's all not, right. It's see, not, so it's not ta- horrible. You're, you're going to say publicly that you were making fun of me for no real reliable reason? I mean, I'm not that there aren't I'm, plenty of opportunities to make fun of me for good reasons. All right, there are. I, I, I don't know that we we're making fun of you. Yeah. That's got to be the shortest tailwheel distance I've ever seen. I know. I know. It is. Yeah. The tailwheel is actually just behind the baggage area of this little two-seater. Um, with a well, it's at the very back of the fuselage like it is on most tailwheel airplanes. It's, it, yeah. it's just a very short fuselage. Yeah. Folks, look it up. It's called a YL-15 Boeing, uh, and uh, you'll, you'll get a picture of it. But, uh, we, but apparently we're going to see this. There's only one of them apparently flying, and, uh, and apparently it's going to be at Oshkosh. So that'll be very cool. That'll be very cool. And then, uh, oh, you know what the other big highlight at Oshkosh this year? In uh. some ways, the biggest highlight of the week. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, 
Mr. Cotter, Mr. Cotter. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Um, the tie-down party. Well, the tie-down party is a big part of it, but in general, UCAP oh. is going to be at uh, AirVenture, uh, as we have been for many years now. Uh, we will be there producing uh, an episode of some sort most every day of the week, and, and actually starting a couple days before the show officially starts, and maybe even go until the day after it ends. Uh, we'll be doing two full-blown episodes uh, throughout the week. One on, uh, we'll record it on Monday morning, so we'll get sort of the, sort of the looking forward view of, of AirVenture, and then we'll record another full-blown episode on Sunday morning uh, and that's our big finish uh, from the announcer stand uh, and that one gets streamed live on EAA radio um, at approximately 10 in the morning I stay tuned for exactly when that starts it's 10 ish maybe 10 30 maybe 11 something like that but uh, oh, it's usually 10 yeah but I think it's 10 and uh, yeah. It's that's, usually uh, that's our big finish, and that will be uh, streamed live on EA Radio and broadcast live on their airwaves, uh, and then also recorded and put on, on our, our podcast feed, so you'll get that a couple of days later. So those are the big episodes, Then we'll be doing UCAP dailies uh, every day uh, from the show, and uh, the, the dailies we do from all over the grounds, uh, wherever we think there's some interesting thing going on, so we can get a little bit more of the atmosphere. Air, airing daily in the afternoon on EAA Radio. And exactly right. Also airing on the radio station uh, each day. Uh, and, uh, and, and one of these uh, dailies will be recorded uh, from, as you mentioned, the uh, tie-down party on, uh, on Thursday. If you're going to be it at uh, AirVenture this year um, and you're going to be there on Thursday, put it on your calendar. Thursday uh, evening from uh, 6 o'clock till uh, whenever it ends, all right, um, it's uh, going to be the tie-down party. It's going to be held in the same place as usual uh, this year uh, over there uh, just outside the airport fence, uh, just outside the uh, what we call the Super 8 gate. I'll, I'll give you a little bit more information. Call it the Super 8 slash Friar Tucks gate um, that is up there at the sort of northwest corner of the field. And uh, there is uh, uh, the uh, the uh, AirVenture shuttle service does run and, and, and drop off right there at that gate. So you can take the shuttle from uh, the, uh, I think you pick up that shuttle at the uh, at the North 40 campground registration area. Um, and then it will drop you off right outside our gate. So we'll and you can get shuttles to that area from, from a variety down of at ways. the bus exchange. A variety of ways, yeah. So uh, um, six p- on Thursday, 6 p.m., the, uh, the UCAP tie-down party. We have a lot of fun. Um, I missed it last year, which is maybe the number one thing I was bummed about missing last year was not getting to go to the tie-down party. Um, and uh, because we, we get a great, great uh, uh, selection and variety and of, of listeners coming out there and and uh, drink some beers or some soft drinks with us and uh, eat some cheesy poofs and uh, no promises, but usually there's some music of some sort. Um, usually uh, James or Rick or somebody brings their guitars over and we get a little bit of music, but we just generally hang out and have some good conversation and uh, enjoy each other's company. We love meeting you folks and we love hanging out with you. And, uh, and oh, because we're down there at the end of the runway, we usually get to see some cool airplanes taken off and or landing. Um, so yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a really neat spot and uh, yeah. I, I hope you all will join us if you're in the area. Um, you don't yeah, have to be, by the way, you don't have to be an AirVenture attendee because um, it's outside the, uh, the, uh, the the admission grounds. So you can, you know, if you're in the unlikely, odd, I can't quite understand why event that you aren't an attendee at AirVenture, you can still just come to the Friar Tucks parking lot and come and see. You could attend, Air, you could go to Oshkosh just for the, the tie-down party and not even go to the show. There you go. There you go. I don't understand why more people don't do that, but I, I, it's a mystery to me. No, I completely understand. But but the tie down party adds to the whole thing, and we hope you'll join us. Uh, we would love to see you Thursday at six during Oshkosh week, during your adventure week. What else? I think that's it for uh, anything else about Oshkosh seventeen that you want to uh, call attention to. Um, Jeb, you're flying. Um, yeah. You're bringing up the debonair. Um, right. David, you are driving uh, on uh, arriving prior to the weekend or something like that. And uh, um, although I'm not going to miss any of the show like I did last year, I am arriving kind of at the last minute. So I don't arrive until Sunday afternoon. But uh, then I'll be there for the whole week. So that'll be good. And, uh, we will also regale everyone with our travel adventures once we get there. Well, and uh, I gave Jack a link here a second ago that uh, I hope will get its way in the show notes. And it has to do with flying into Oshkosh by uh, an old friend of uh, Jeb and, and, and me, uh, Tom Turner, who does the Mastery of Flight uh, training uh, website and weekly newsletter. And 
uh, last week his uh, newsletter topic led off with, are you good enough for Oshkosh? And it's actually the fifth part in the series he's been talking about, uh, using the no-tam and what to expect and all that. So anybody going for the first time in particular or hadn't been there in a while, uh, his series on uh, are you good enough for Oshkosh be a good way to freshen up your uh, your knowledge and uh, pre- prep you to use the no-tam that's uh, out there. So that's all I had to say. Yeah, Tom. Tom raises a lot of good points, and and Tom uh, does this kind of thing very, very well. Um, uh, Tom's a, a former contributor to Aviation Safety, for example, um, and uh, generally, whatever he recommends is a good thing to do. Yes. Yeah. 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 I finally found the got the link to open. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks great. That looks great. And of course, combine this with the the uh, FAA Air Venture Notum, which you. Uh, need to and i'm sure that this refers to that i would imagine um Um, it 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 does uh but i think uh it it absolutely does but i think also that tom's admonitions are more about airmanship and and skill and actually flying the airplane than they are about really those procedures involved yeah he he tilts this toward the environment that you're flying into and why your airmanship skills are particularly uh, necessary, particularly critical when you're flying into an event with this much traffic. Not so much about the no-town, but about how to fly the airplane. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're flying the airplane. Make sure you know how fast you're flying the airplane. Make sure you know how high you're flying the airplane. And make sure you don't things. forget to fly the airplane and make sure you don't stop flying the airplane. There you go. Right. And don't, don't run into the guy ahead of you and don't overshoot the spot color that they give you mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you, if you get into something you're not comfortable with, go around. That's right. And make the news. World's greatest aviation disaster averted. <laughs> one, one, that's the headline I want. That's that's the that's the episode title. Yeah, one fifty two crashes into cemetery, body count still increasing. Hi, this is Jack. We here at Uncontrolled Airspace are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. There are two simple ways that you can contribute to this podcast. You can make a one-time, non-repeating donation by using PayPal. It doesn't need to be very much. As little as 10 or $15 is a big, big help. Or you can make an automatically repeating per-episode pledge with Patreon. With the online service Patreon.com, you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, put limits on your per-month contribution, and change or cancel your pledge at any time. For more information about how you can support this podcast in one of these ways, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. That will take you to a page with details on both these support methods. Thanks. Um, we're starting to reach the end of our allotted time here, but uh, Jeb, you asked us to hold a spot for ATC privatization. Is there some particular yeah. deal on this story? Yeah. There, first of all, there's a bill number. It's HR... 2997. It's the AIRR Act, and I'm not even going to bother trying to decode that. Uh, but uh, the uh, just in time for Oshkosh, this could be on the floor of the House next week. Hmm. Okay. Um, and while there's any number of other reasons to, to call Congress and suggest that they do X, Y, or Z uh, in your stead, uh, um, now and in the future, this is certainly a good reason. Also, yeah. Um, so, it, but it hasn't been through this, the Senate this, yet, right? This is it has, not, has not been through the Senate, and and this, the the conventional wisdom right now is that the Senate's not going to um, uh, entertain this idea, and it'll come down to uh, uh, a tug of war if it passes the House. It'll come down to a tug of war between the House and the Senate in conference. Uh, to reconcile the the Senate passed versus the House passed versions of an FAA reauthorization bill, wow. uh, it'd be mo- much more better if it didn't even get that far. Right. So let's kill yeah. this thing in the House. Yeah. So uh, and contact your House members, contact your uh, uh, um, representative Congress critters, 
and uh, tell them to vote no uh, on on any bill that contains ATC privatization. It's that simple. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And, and when this came around the last time, uh, when the Senate wanted to reauthorize the FAA for a, a longer term, and, and the compromise was that the House would pass out a bill for reauthorization that did not have privatization in it. The proposal got out of committee the last time. It didn't get it didn't clear the house. Yeah. Uh, and that's highly possible to happen again this year, but we can't count on that. Right. The Senate's already laid down its marker. The bill its committee passed out doesn't have it in there. Uh, I think a majority of the Senate members have already expressed their uh, uh, unwillingness to go along with the, such a radical pr- procedure. But it never hurts to let them know just one more time how much you're thinking about them. There you go. And what is it? We think MBAA has the one of the better ways to easily communicate. Yeah, with let me see if I can come up with well, a Well, all three of them, while Jeb's looking that up, all three of the major associations that we talk about and deal with, uh, AOPA, EAA, and MBAA, all now have contact tools on their website that will basically automate the process for you of getting a hold of your Congress critter and then telling them uh, in polite, respectful terms how you feel and how you'd feel if they voted for privatizing air traffic control. And and am I right that if all you can do is send them a text message of some sort, then do that, but it's even better if you're prepared to pick up the phone and call their office, yes? Calling, calling Calling is the preferred method, and I would By be preferred, so, do you mean the most effective? or Yes, yes. Yeah, it gets the I, most attention. It gets the most attention. It, it's the most effective. And um, sometimes, uh, you know, it depends on the topic. This is maybe not necessarily one of those topics, but sometimes it, it, it's even better to call the district offices mm-hmm. instead of the Washington offices. Yeah. Um, a, you're likely to get more time with a staffer. Uh, and B, um, they clearly know that you're calling from the district. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we urge you to uh, to express yourself on the subject of ATC privatization. Um, we, yeah, hope it's, it's, we hope you'll say it's a bad thing. The NBAA uh, um, link is is pretty good when they do a good job, and it's www.nbaa November Bravo Alpha Alpha dot org slash advocacy slash contact very good thank you thank you shout outs what do we got here i'm going to go first with an admin shout out here um and i'm going to start it with an apology um about a year ago or so uh i put out a call for people asking for people to volunteer to help us with the uh with the audio production of this podcast um and uh, and and a, and a bunch of people responded um and and i the the whole idea kind of fell apart and and I didn't respond to everybody and to, for that I apologize um and and it certainly had it had nothing to do with the qualities the problem was that, that was actually part of the problem is I got a whole bunch of people who stepped up and or sent emails and responded who just had all these great qualities and I'm going oh now what do I do I I thought I'd be lucky if I got one well I got 10 all right um and so it just kind of like I was I was frozen with with success all right and and so the whole thing kind of fell apart and didn't happen and I apologize to everybody that I didn't respond to um and, frozen, uh, frozen with success. Wasn't that like a Thomas Dolby thing back in the eighties? Yeah, yeah they, something uh, like that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, but, yeah, never mind. Yeah. So, uh, but but we've we've decided that it's time to revisit this idea, uh, and I'm determined to follow through on it this time, um, and that is to find someone to help us with a lot of the sort of technical audio editing, post production, and administrative part of putting together this podcast. Um, we think that this would would really help us out um, in terms of getting the podcast out on a on a more timely basis and and regularly and and that sort of thing. Um, so. Once again, uh, we are putting out a call for for people who are are uh, 
interested and and have some skills in this area to help us out um those of you who responded last time if you're not totally annoyed with me for not responding please do resubmit uh, or or get in touch again um i'm going to put on our website uh, a link to a description of uh, i have actually sort of a job description it's going to be a little bit more formal we were looking for a real casual volunteer last time and we're going to go a little bit more formal there's going to it's not certainly going to be what you'd call paying job but we expect there might be a, a stipend uh, involved and 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 as a result some you know kind of serious commitment and obligation in terms of timing and whatnot um so uh there is a a job description of sorts um as well as a sort of general description of the workflow what we're talking about doing and that kind of thing and i will put a link on our on our website and probably in our uh, in our uh, uh forums and and maybe even tweeted on the twitter twitter account um uh, links to that information you can take a look at it and then there'll be their information on how to get in touch with us and uh, um and and we'll, we'll definitely go further with this project process we're pretty de- uh, we're pretty determined that this is what we need to do um so uh, i think I, I i'm more optimistic that we will follow through this time no one's going to get rich on this but no one's going to get rich on this. this is nothing you know it's not even like you know it'll, it'll be greater than zero but not what you're worth I, i'm sure of that um so uh there you go uh, I, I want to I go back to this whole greater than zero thing. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand. We can we can talk about that. Yeah, offline. well, you know, a six pack or something like that. You know, it's like six greater than zero. How's that sound? Yeah. Okay, shout outs. You guys got any shout outs? What do you got? Dave, go ahead. I got one. But go ahead. Uh, Sean Tucker. Sean D. Tucker. Sean D. Tucker. Yeah. This is just like yeah, this is the this is the. Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. Shout out. Because <laughs> I well, remember it, when Sean Tucker was new in the air show circuit. I, rem- I was there. Go ahead, David. Yeah, after, uh, let's see, 40 years, 26,000 hours, tens of thousands of air show performances. Uh, right now, and as uh, uh, Bright Red uh, Oracle Challenger, I think it calls it, uh, Oracle Challenger 3 biplane is he's retiring from the uh, uh, air show circuit starting in uh, 2018 sometime so pay attention when you're out on on the circuit this year and see him because uh, limited time offer to see Sean Tucker fly and uh, I don't think anybody out there gets more out of an airplane and puts more into a performance than Sean D Uh, been watching him for years uh still don't understand how you can make an airplane do some of the things he makes it do. But he does. Yeah, yeah. So I, congratulations, and I uh, hope you go out as on, on the same high you came in on. I know. I first discovered, uh, uh, I, first, I didn't discover him, but I first saw him um, in the mid-'90s, it would have been. Um, and at that time, early-'90s maybe even, um, he, and he was still... Um, sort of a regional performer. I saw him in a lot of California um, air shows out there on in, in West Coast in general, and uh, it was just it was just amazing to see him fly um, from the very beginning, or from what was the beginning for me. Um, and I remember the first time that he came and appeared at Oshkosh. That uh, uh, you know I. I knew he was. I was interested and excited that he was going to be appearing in Oshkosh, and so I, I actually went out to watch the air show that afternoon to see him. And I'm talking with all the other people watching the air show, and they're watching him do these things that he did and still does, right? And they're just their mouths are, you know, they're, uh, you know, hanging open. And uh, you know, so how does he do that? You know, I said, oh yeah, that's Sean. He does that. You know, he's he's just good at that. He, he really really took them took Oshkosh by storm those first couple of years that he was there, um, and it does some pretty amazing things. He used to. Way back in the day, and I don't know if I ever saw him do this maneuver at Oshkosh. He used to do how to describe it. It was basically just a big 360 degree turn. All right, just a great big 360 degree turn. But as he was making the 360 degree turn, he was rolling to the outside of. He's doing aileron rolls. Yeah, but it was but it was the wrong way. All right, so you you would think if you were turning right, you would then roll right at the same time. All right, and that's going to be hard enough. All right, but Sean was turning right and rolling left. You picture what I'm talking about. All right, 
Yeah. And, and now try and think about the control inputs to make that happen. Yeah. And it's basically you pat your head and rub your tummy at the yeah, same time. There you go. That was Sean yeah. Tucker way back in the day. And it was pretty amazing to watch. Um, well, there's nothing that he can do in his airplane that I can't do in my airplane. Once. Once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb, what do you got? Um, similar vein, uh, at least as far as talent is concerned, um, Wayne Hanley. Uh, there's a profile of Wayne in uh, um, General Aviation News on that website. Uh, went up yesterday. Uh, and just kind of reminded me of an, a very enjoyable afternoon I spent uh, uh, flying with Wayne. Um, um, back in, gosh, it's been almost 20 years now. Uh, with a friend of mine out in California one afternoon, uh, flying a, a, an overpowered Cub, chasing coyotes uh, in the in the dunes um, uh, in the canyons near um, near his home airport, and I just uh, just wanted to give a shout out to Wayne and uh, uh, thanks for that flight if you're listening, uh, and uh, nice little write up in, in GA News. So I'll just kind of point everybody's attention to that. Yeah, cool, very cool. I'll send I'll send a link. And then I have a shout out to, but now I don't know who I'm shouting. Well, I know who I'm directly shouting out to. I wanted to thank the uh, the listener who called my attention to this. Um, coincidentally, uh, having been in Canada, um, I heard from a listener who, no, I'm sorry, I can't find who, that listener's name. Anyways, the listener said, you need to do a shout out to these guys, all right, um, who on Twitter are, uh, I'll just say Alex H and, uh, oh, it's... T. Clark, T. C. T. C. T. Clark. I don't know. I don't want to give away their full names, but um, these are a couple of guys. So they're having some serious forest fires um, uh, up in, uh, particularly the western part of Canada right now, and uh, we all know about and 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 uh, um, you know always are are grateful to the pilots who are fighting these fires in various air bombers of one sort or another. These two guys um, are, for some reason, they needed to actually get fuel by ground to the locations where they were, were uh, uh, staging these aircraft. And these guys are, fl- are driving a vehicle along um, roads in Canada where the forest fire is like practically right up to the edge of the road. Um, and, and they're doing this and taking this risk in, in order to get fuel out to on-site to, uh, to the location where these people are fighting the fires. And a uh, big shout-out to all the people who, who uh, both fight the fires from the air and support the people who fight the fires from the air. Um, there's, a, there's a video, we'll put a link to, the, uh, to this video by way of Twitter um, on the, on, in the show notes. I will warn people that the, uh, the uh, it's, uh, as they say, not safe for work. Um, the language is a little rough as these guys um, did a, did a uh, sort of a dash cam footage as they're driving um, through the fire area and are, are, are a little bit excited about the, uh, the uh, danger that they are in. But uh, shout out to them for, uh, for helping out with uh, fighting the fires and, and uh, protecting folks and protecting property. That's my shout out. I think that's it. Do we have anything more? I think that's got me. I think that's got me. Yeah, yeah I think that's a stick. Get out the fork, man. There we go. There we go. Um, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's always fun chatting with you and uh, catching up. And uh, next time we talk or next time people hear us talk, uh, it will we will be in Oshkosh. It will be uh, – it's that close. Here we go. Ready? Um, my two good friends here, Dave Higdon. Dave's an aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's Ab Buyer magazine. David, what's going on? You working on anything fun? Oh, a couple of things. Uh, have a piece in this month's aviation. It's in magazine Av Buyer out of London. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, looking at the uh, sales trends for uh, pre-owned business turbine aircraft for the second quarter of the year and what we, where we are through the first six months. And the news is it's not the greatest market right now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not really. Vibrant. It's it's selling the uh, for sale used pool as above historic norms, but it stopped growing. So uh, there are very few new aircraft being added to the fleet. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Sales of new airplanes are going down to, which is always kind of an indication of how good or bad the used market's going. So yeah, yeah. So we're, this piece uh, is in Ab Buyer? 
Avbuyer Magazine. You can also find me on uh, EEA.net and the work I do for Avionics News. Uh, and uh, recently, uh, AviationSafetyMagazine.com. So. Oh, I'll have to go read that. I know, huh? And uh, on Twitter, David, you are? Real Higdon on the Twitter machine. There you go. There you go. And uh, Jeb, Jeb Burnside is a, a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. What have you been working on, Jeb? Not a darn thing. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. You work Not way a darn too hard thing. As, as some, from time to time. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, um, ever since I put the August issue of Aviation Safety to bed uh, a couple of weeks ago, it's it's been downtime, at least, at least as far as work is concerned. Yeah. Have some other projects going on and whatnot, but uh, um, gearing up uh, to dive back into that uh, into that roller coaster uh, upon my return from Oshkosh. But uh, right now, I'm just looking forward to uh, to making that journey and uh, uh, checking that box off for the year. Very cool, very cool. Well, when you are busier, where can people find you on the internet? Well, AviationSafetyMagazine.com. Uh, like Dave, I also uh, contribute some projects for uh, the Aircraft Electronics Association, uh, which can be found at AEA.net. Um, I need to get back in the groove for GeneralAviationNews.com. Uh, you might even uh, yeah, you won't see a byline, but you'll see some some handiwork at AINonline.com. Did I see on Twitter you were you were you were proudly oh, yeah. about the fact that you're in the yellow book this year, right? The yeah, what, what's it called? I, I'm, I'm the, the pilot's guide to avionics. Dave's in there. I'm in there. We're usually in there each year, um, um, so that's not really new. Well, I guess what the the news is that I'm crowing about it, if you will. Yeah. Okay. That's the uh, the big the uh, the buyer's guide that they give out at Oshkosh. So uh, pilot's guide to avionics, which is yep. free for the pickup uh, at Oshkosh each year, and it's it's also available online uh, in electronic form, but might not be available until uh, Oshkosh starts. Understand. Understand. And, and if you uh, if you go to aea.net, they have a link there where you can sign up and get a hard copy mailed to you. There you go. There you go. So where can I find and, and all this stuff on the internet? Oh, you, I said that already. Well, on Twitter, where are you on Twitter? Burnside J. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. Uh, you can, what am I doing these days? Um, gearing up to start doing, in addition to all the other UCAP stuff I talked about, um, which is sort of my highest priority, I am going to be doing some videos uh, uh, through YouTube uh, at uh, AirVenture this year. So if you saw any of that stuff uh, from Sun and Fun and enjoyed it, um, I'm going to be doing more of the same and a little bit, you know, some other ideas uh, from, uh, from uh, AirVenture. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, check that out. And, uh, just other projects going to, I got to go to, I actually have, I got a week in Houston before I even get to go to air venture. This has been, I'm home for two days here and then, uh, and then back on the road. So the day job's keeping me pretty busy here and, uh, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Oh, well, you know, pay the rent and all that kind of foolishness. Anyways, uh, on the internet, you can find me at, uh, youtube.com slash Jack Hodgson on Twitter. Uh, I am also known as Jack Hodgson, just uh, my full, my name with no dashes or spaces or, or anything like that. You can sign up for my email lit- newsletter, uh, and learn more about me than you ever really wanted to know at jackhodgson.com. Big thanks to uh, Jeff Ward for all his help with the show notes and in the forums. I got bad news the other day. Jeff's not going to be able to make it to Oshkosh this year. Some, uh, oh. some uh, I, I don't know if it's business or family, but uh, some other obligations have suddenly made it impossible for him to make it this year. Um, and so we're going to miss Jeff coming out there a lot. Um, and in one way, we're going to miss him because he's been instrumental in making the tie-down party happen for a few years now. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take our best shot at filling in for his absence. Um, so, Jeff, we're going to miss you there. Um, but... Uh, as always, we thank you for your help here with the podcast. Uh, big thanks to uh, Mike Morgan, Royce Earl, Jim Goldman, and to the many other listeners who have created the UCAP disclaimer clips, uh, which we really, really enjoy. Please support UCAP by making a repeating per-episode donation of any size via the online service Patreon. Uh, you can get all the details about this at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace. And while you're at it, go into iTunes and give us a review, give us a thumbs up. Uh, the, the feedback that you provide there really helps get the word out about the podcast. You can follow the podcast itself on Twitter at twitter.com slash class G airspace. That's all one word, the uh, class, the letter G, and then airspace. You know, 
never know what might turn up there. Uh, we certainly announce all the episodes there and other activities are announced there. And uh, we do a lot of uh, uh, little uh, highlight things uh, during the air shows like, uh, like AirVenture uh, through that uh, Twitter account. You can also listen to UCAP uh, in the free section of Sporty's Pilot Shop's mobile app, Take Off, along with other podcasts and special Sporty's content. Get your UCAP hats, shirts, and other cool gear at the UCAP Swag Shop at uncontrolledairspace.com. It always kind of tickles me. It's kind of almost a little surprising when we go to the shows and someone will show up wearing one of the shirts that they bought through the Swag Shop, uh, you know, or wearing one of the caps or, or whatnot. That's very, very cool. Um, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, don't forget you can check out the rest of the UCAP website. You get a 11 years worth of UCAP show notes and episode downloads are, are all there for the uh, the taking and the looking and the downloading. And last but not least, chat with us directly and with many of your fellow listeners in the Uncontrolled Airspace forums. All of these things can be found at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, you're going to tell us something. You could really live a lot longer if you fly yourself to Oshkosh and back because, uh, or anywhere else because, you know, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. So live longer. Come up and see us. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. I think I'm actually looking forward to this. (laughs) You know that's going to turn up in a Mike Morgan clip someday. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) 